0: Mangaroos. Welcome to Mangaroos, my mom's favorite manga podcast, and probably your mom's too. Do you know? Have you asked her? What's your mom's favorite manga podcast? This week, we are talking about Snowball Earth by Tsujitsugu Yuhiro. This is his debut manga, if you can believe it. It's published in Big Comics Spirits. We're discussing Volume 1, because that's what we always do. And this is the final episode in our uh, trilogy of snow-themed episodes. Uh, if you're listening to this, it's probably uh, the the beginning of spring, bright and shiny and sunny. But uh, it was the depths of cold uh, February wintertime when we recorded this. So, uh, welcome. Welcome to Mangroves. My name's Jason. I'm joined, as always, by... Mark the Snow King! And and um alex the, i don't know I
1: don't, I don't know if i'm a snow queen but <laughs> i'm a i'm a dweller of the winter <laughs> uh, we all I'm are saying. we
0: all are and as we discussed last week i think elsa is the only true snow queen mm-hmm. well, at least in my heart so yeah uh this was my pick this week Um, I had been looking forward to reading this for a long, long time. So for anyone who's just tuning in, if you're not super familiar with Snowball Earth, I'm not sure it has an official English translation yet. I know it has an official German translation because I found uh, a whole bunch about it when I was Googling. Um, And also... If you Google "snowball Earth," be sure to enter the word "manga" afterwards, because mm-hmm. otherwise, all of your yeah. uh, search results will be about the phenomenon of Earth science stuff. Uh, I free. enjoyed
1: <laughs> reading about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did too. It was yeah, fun. I don't know. Another dimension. I think clearly, Tsujitsugu Sensei probably uh, was inspired by some of that as well. So, just mm-hmm. a bit of background part of the reason I chose this one it's got really good word of mouth it's starting to pick up in terms of sales but what really intrigued me is that um, when you see it in the bookstore sometimes uh, the tonkelbone will have like an obi which is the little strip that's uh, you know around the, the bottom of the book thing. yeah the kind of a book jacket exactly and the, the recommendations for this particular manga were some heavy hitters. So, the first volume had this big endorsement from Anno Hideaki, mm-hmm. uh, the creator oh, of Evangelion. I was and then, bring volume him up, yeah. two. Me too, dang. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll,
2: we'll definitely It's talk hard about to miss that. that. It's the first thing yeah. you read. It's, they it's, even it's, cover up the Snowball Earth title and just like, Anno Hideaki. Yeah.
0: Well, here's what you really need to know, right? And then, so, and volume two was endorsed by uh, Kojima Hideo of Metal Gear Solid Fame oh. and Death Stranding. Uh, and then volume three was endorsed by one sensei, uh, so the creator of One Punch Man, etc. Nice. Uh, so clearly, like, I saw that in the bookstore. I was like, I, clearly there's some payola happening there. But if, if all three of those gentlemen uh, enjoy what's going on in this manga, gosh darn it, I, I got to check it out for myself. So before we get into, you know, real deep analysis or whatever, what did you guys think of it? What did you, what was your takeaway from it? Just real quick. Did you dig it? Did you enjoy it?
1: I don't know. Should we go by <laughs> name, order, Alex, or something? You okay. go ahead. And my name starts with an A, so <laughs> alphabetically. let <laughs> Alphabet- take the liberty. Um, I liked it. Uh, the first part of it, I was like, "Hmm, where's this? How is this getting to snow?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're you're a little bit. You wonder how it's going to happen. And Mm -hmm. then you see that there's a a time skip. um, And then you find out what happens afterward. Um, And that's the more intriguing part to me. Yeah. Um, So I liked that that happened after. Cool. Uh, But in the beginning, I was a bit like, I don't know right now when i'm reading yeah. yeah
0: it starts out with tetsuo the main character kind of flying through space in his gigantic mm-hmm. robot destroying some creepy yeah looking and being monster like things. very
1: very like socially anxious Extreme. so it's just like story of socially anxious pilot in space
0: which is something um, we've never seen before in manga or anime.
1: Yeah, and referred to as a savior.
0: Mm-hmm. And Literally, you don't know from the exactly
1: when he became the savior of humanity. <laughs> or, like, who put him in the savior position.
0: Yeah, it seems to have been a collective decision, doesn't it? Like, all of humanity yeah. has just agreed upon that. Um, what did you I- think, Mark? Just in general, overall. Well, I should preface this by saying... Uh,
2: Jason and I have a relationship that goes back many years. and it's true. For a long time now, he's been putting wacky manga on my desk and saying, you've got to read this. And it's a two-way street, right? I've been giving mm-hmm. him some stuff, too. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. not, like, it's not like a non-reciprocal relationship. Uh, but when you first brought up Snowball, I had never heard of it before. It was off my radar. Uh, and many things are, but this one was not. Uh, so I picked up the volume at, uh, at one of my favorite local bookstores. And it was really easy to find right there on the shelf. And uh, the next opportunity I had, I was on the train on the way home. I cracked it open, And I was like, oh, okay, so this is going to be like a weather phenomenon manga. But it's pretty obvious that this is like a mecha manga. So you open it up, start reading. And I thought, oh, it's going to be one of those. Socially Socially Awkward Boy has you know, issues making friends, but he bonds with the robots. I I thought this was going to go on for four volumes, but that ends really quick. Uh, Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I don't know. I think the one thing that we have to give this creator is their ability to work in plot twists that keep you guessing. I didn't see that coming. So uh, that was good. And by the time they got into the meat of the story, uh, I was, I was interested enough to uh, want to buy volume two, but I haven't yet.
0: I got to tell you, uh, speaking of the meat of the story, I mean, there's literally a, a, a chapter in the middle of the story where they're carving up one of the gigantic monsters for meat. So I don't mm-hmm. know if you did that intentionally, Mark, but if you did, well done. Oh, I did. Um, <laughs> that's the biggest thing that it sticks out very, my mind. It was
1: very Gulliver's nice. Travels. The
0: Lilliputians <laughs> on top of <laughs> <one. What is laughs> it. Galactic See, my mind Kaiju. went to Pikmin, but, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, or Kaiju Cleanup. There's a little bit of Could all of know. that. I think I, I misinformed both of you, so this is has not been part of any official episode so far. But in our previous conversation, I said that there were only four episodes and that the series was finished. I was yeah, that's why I
1: was so confused, because yeah. I was like, how is
0: this going to finish in four volumes? And then i got to be honest, I don't know why I thought that. But yeah. the good news is, Volume 5 is actually coming out later this month. Okay. And oh, do I own Volumes 1 through 4? Yes, I absolutely do. Uh, I got to say, this may have been my favorite uh, volume one that we've looked at so far. It's completely insane in terms of pacing. I think... Mm -hmm. Very manic. When I found out that this was uh, the mangaka's first story, like his debut, Mm -hmm. um, it kind of made sense to me because it's one of those debuts where clearly he wanted to do a whole bunch of stuff with his story. And instead of choosing one lane, he just said, Mm. I'm going to drive in all of the lanes. I'm going to do everything that I enjoy. So, yeah, like the first chapter has the super awkward boy in his robot uh, piloting it through space, shooting up crazy looking monsters, crash land on a snow uh, and ice planet where there doesn't appear to be anybody. So then we're thinking it's like a a post-apocalypse you know frozen earth story right. but then also it's a giant monster story but then it's also a story about a boy learning to make friends and friends, find his yeah. way in the world and then it's also kind of a comedy sometimes as well and uh, i think he does all of these things relatively well but for me it's just the way it's all kind of smashed together it kept me guessing the entire time. I never knew what was going to happen. So is
1: volume two the same in terms of like twists?
0: Oh, do they take? go to the jungle planet next? Because that would be a just little bit that. more. just <laughs> wondering. Just curious. So yeah, that's a great question. Um, I got to say that it continues a little bit into volume two where it's just like, There's some, like, family drama stuff, and then there's, like, flashbacks to other characters' stories, which are, like, tragic and sad and and action-packed. And so, yeah, it continues to contain pretty much every genre you can imagine, but um, in a way that I think is really exciting and weird. And then there's also, you know, these panels that are, like, over-the-top, artistic, uh, like, almost abstract interjections Mm -hmm. into the storytelling.
1: Yeah, I was surprised by some panels, like, He's trying to do a yeah. lot.
0: which which one surprised <laughs> you the most, Alex?
1: When it's about the robot um, and it's the robot's perspective, the mo- the robot's having a little monologue,
0: mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm.
1: and it's like very emotional and like and kind of abstract, like the whole intetsuo. Yeah, like uh, that kind of like squiggly,
0: right? Um, the, so and just one a white page. page,
1: yeah, with like ink and squiggly lines. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> which is totally out of left field because up until that point the the manga is like kind of typical shonen action like really polished really nice uh visual style and then all of a sudden you get to this page where
1: um yeah, do you it's know it's like you know Kanashi Kanojo no e... uh,
0: Kanon No I'm going to say I'm going to say no no I'm going to no, no. say no
1: yeah uh, okay that was um I think it was a Hideaki Anno <laughs> like directed anime okay um and well, maybe I do, but I'm not had, an animator. That guy. actually had a lot of this type of scene where it the was. Outlines, the heart? squiggly outlines of people and like a lot of emotional like what? moya moya. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's
2: like episode twenty four of the Evangelion is what it reminded me of when like, yeah. well, yeah. my mind went to, right? Okay, yeah. so we've
0: we've danced around it enough. We we kinda have to talk about it now. I mean Obviously, Anno was chosen for a reason to endorse that first. Well, he probably volume. didn't want to get sued, so he's like, "I gotta <laughs> get this guy on board." <laughs> so, I think we should talk about first of all. So, for both of you, what place does Evangelion have in your life? Because, and the reason I ask that is because, I mean, Tetsuo, the main story, the the main character of Snowball Earth, Tetsuo is clearly playing off of Shinji, right? The the awkward mm. boy. Who's chosen by destiny and by his kind of maybe evil scientist father (laughs) um, to pilot this gigantic robot that nobody else can pilot because they're so compatible with each other. Mm -hmm. So, you know, clearly you're going to get more out of Snowball Earth if you have some kind of feeling about Evangelion. But, Mark... What role did Evangelion play in your life, if any? Oh my gosh, Evangelion,
2: without question, was the gateway to binging anime series for me. Mm. Uh, mm. So it. Well, I should I should back up a little bit. I had grown up watching uh, programs like Voltron or whatnot, and I always knew it was cool, but I, it didn't really like register in my mind as oh, this is from Japan. Uh, Gigantor was also. Uh, one that I thought was pretty cool. And then uh, when Toonami came on, on Cartoon Network, it was uh, it was Macross, Robotech in English. Uh, that was, it mm. th- 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 just really blew me away. And that's when I was like, really, oh, okay, so these Japan cartoons, they're way better than Disney's Tailspin. Uh, I would literally race mm. home after school just to watch the next episode of Robotech. It was that good. We won't talk about Southern Cross because that is not really Robotech and there's, there's a, that's a whole another conversation but then I grew up a little bit, went into high school kind of backed away from all that and then I go into college my freshman year and this guy I've never met is my roommate and he has this gigantic wall full of like all these anime posters, he's a sophomore Whoa. I'm a freshman hmm. and I'm like okay, you know, that's cool, whatever I'm open to new experiences and he's like dude, you've got to watch this and he's just he's like literally got his entire bookshelf is full of just different anime series and the first one he gives me is Evangelion and I'm like a freshman a new town don't have a lot of friends don't have a lot to do so I just binge watched it uh, pretty I think early not on. having a lot of friends is key to the Evangelion experience <laughs> for a lot of key people to- <laughs> It definitely it's the sauce on the cake uh, yeah no I loved it I, I fell in love instantly Um, Yeah, no, it opened a lot of doors for me. Without that, I would not be where I am today.
0: Alex, what about you? It's cool that you didn't come to it until sort of later in life. Oh, Uh, it was much later, yeah. yeah. I was 18 or 19, yeah. Wow, wow. What about you, Alex? Yeah.
1: Um, I had a weird introduction to it because um, I was, I think it was like the first, yeah, it was the first time I came to Japan. Um, I did like a a summer study thing.
0: How old were you? Um,
1: And... I was like fourteen or fifteen. Oh wow yeah. Um, really. and I just like was just a very like weeby person who wanted to go to Japan. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and, like I had kind like of how
0: people wind up.
1: Yeah, yeah <laughs> memorize some like phrases. Um, so that was like my level of um, Japanese. And I was uh, did this summer program thing uh, for a month in Toyama and there oh, was wow. this guy not Wayama. The, yeah, not Waiyama, <laughs> it's Toyama. Um, it's very unlike the Japan that I had imagined, of course. Nobody like yeah, yeah, no, no, even, even after
2: being in Japan for many years, you still go to Toyama <laughs> and you are surprised. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you're like, wow, there's nothing here. So there was a lot of nothing there. And there were other kids on this program. And one of the kids, um, he was, like, really into, like, Evangelion and very, like hardcore otaku in that like he would like actively seek out like more information where I was more mm-hmm. passive where I do like if it's That's yeah good. if it's translated into English I'll like consume it but I don't really like know the not translated things oh, gotta got um, and he went to like book off or something and like re- or, or maybe he went to Staya and like rented like all of the like series yeah and he was just like you really need to watch this like, come over. Um, like, he was doing his program at, like, a monk's house. So what? there was, like, a crazy... Yeah, yeah. So it's like, host family for the month. That's it was, awesome. Like, it was, like, an otera.
2: <laughs> and so he's, like, come
1: way. over to the otera.
2: After and, like, let's watch
1: time. all of Evangelion. And he and I was like, uh, okay, but I'm not that good at Japanese <laughs> and he's like, You'll understand
2: it. You will be all of it.
1: He's like, It'll be great. And somehow I watched all of it in Japanese without really understanding what's happening. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> I know that experience. I so Evangelion brought me to Japan as well. Uh, I, uh, if I didn't have that, I would have never studied abroad. But uh, I the Homestead family I was staying at, they're like, Oh, here, here's mm-hmm. Naushika and you'll
0: love this and I was like,
2: <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? I have this, no is ideas, yeah, this, is, this is for wow, babies.
0: Yeah, this is. Is for babies? Wow, that's crazy. I did, so I didn't realize that we were also like deeply affected by Evangelion. And, but and I, not I, that we sought it out. It, it's kind it, of like it, it's it it's almost like a right it. of
2: no, it's a it, right it of
1: passage. <laughs> I think it makes it makes people want other people to see it they're like uh missionaries yeah
2: yeah, 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 but can (laughs) i say that i think that your reaction to evangelion i mean you can have one it's very polarizing uh will dictate how the rest of your life goes because i've had friends that i've shown it to and <laughs> I, I had this roommate no i had this roommate right after well, this is during college and i was like hey i did the same thing i was like look here's here's the vhs tapes he he got the flu or something and i was like you need to watch this because you're gonna be home for a few days so just binge watch it and like he watches the first like three tapes and he's like this is amazing this is the best thing ever thank you so much for sharing this with me and then like 10 tapes later he's like what the fuck did you get me into? I hate this. <laughs> what? And really? I hope that... No. He I mean, hated listen. the last couple episodes, and he hated the ending as well. I mean, mm. the ending... Okay, fair enough. I can see why someone might hate the ending, Did you see
1: the new ending?
2: Oh, you mean all
0: seven the of them? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone. They're just still trying to get it right. I have to say that... Well, I, so I haven't really shared my Evangelion story, and I I gotta be honest with you, I don't remember who foisted it upon me, but I do remember going to the local mall, I was like 13, which is, I think, the perfect age to watch Evangelion when you're an awkward, weird 13-year-old, and I remember going to the mall and renting VHS tapes, and it was like two episodes Mm -hmm. per tape, and I had to keep going back, like, every week or whatever until I saw the whole thing, and it just, like, kind of destroyed my brain. It just, like, broke my (laughs) perception. I was like, this stuff isn't supposed to be happening in a cartoon, What is this? Why is this happening? Why did I suddenly understand the world better than I ever did before when I finished this series? Uh, It was like I had never experienced something that I had felt was like, this is art. There's something deeper going on here, right? So that was my experience. And, yeah, it's... I mean, I don't like to admit this, but I, I don't know if I would have ever come to Japan if I didn't watch Evangelion. And also, really vibe with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not something that you. uh, I can't remember meeting anyone who doesn't feel that way about it. I must have like filtered those people out of my memories hmm, or something. Probably. Yeah, (laughs) I mean if if they didn't feel that
2: way, they're probably not in a position to have regular interactions with you in their daily life. Now they're probably that's true. I would have kind of filtered them out
0: socially. I would have said I have I have no time for you. Um, Okay, so we say all that to say. Uh, we all have deep and important feelings about Evangelion. I wanted to say that to me, the movies do not exist because the original 24 episode show is a perfect uh, thing of beauty, does not need to be expanded upon or revisited or revised or anything. So Got that's enough. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> and, and I did try I didn't watching. Think the, the movies first were movie.
1: that bad. But
0: <laughs> I don't care if they're good or bad. I just oh, okay. I don't I don't need a different take you know i I thought
2: i I thought it was because gay needed a little bit more money
0: just to keep the lights (laughs) on
2: i think that i think that's
1: part of it yeah Fair, fair to say
0: money probably changed hands um but what did you think about shinji right like he's so central to the experience of evangelion as a character did you feel any kind of way about him in your life mark
2: Oh gosh, so uh, I think when I first watched it when I was like 18, um, I I felt for him. I felt like he was, you know, he had a shitty relationship with his dad and he never really got that love that he was supposed to get. But then he also had this amazing experience where he got to ride a giant robot and then beat up these bad guys who were coming to take over Earth. Uh, so I, I, I felt like he kind of had, you know, overall he had it pretty good. But then I, I watched this again. In, uh, during the pandemic because uh, my wife had gone to have our second baby. She went back home uh, as you do in this country in which we live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had a little bit of time to myself where I was just holding down the fort and I was like, I am going to re-watch Evangelion. This is That's what I crazy. will do with my time. and I, will watch I also it. watched the Evangelion thing. Thing the this is a, It is a pandemic. This is 2020. Yeah. And the thing that really stuck out to me is it's it's so obvious how like Shinji starts from this place of like he can't do anything right, and he's like the the near well and then Asuka is like this person who's perfect, and she's like you know she can do everything, and then they switch places. So I feel like yeah, yeah and that never really stood out to me before. So I think at the end, like he he gets a lot of affirmation, he gets the love that he needs, and he's able to do what he needs to do, even though it kind of destroys him inside a little bit. Uh, but I think yeah, I mean I don't know. I feel like. He is just a vehicle for us to examine our own uh, relationships and personal interactions.
0: Um, so it sounds like you don't have any strong feelings about Shinji as oh, a Oh, as bat. a whiny little brat? Sure, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I know a lot of people really hate him. Alex, what do you think? What's your relationship with Shinji?
1: Mm, I don't know. Like At first I was like, uh, why is he like this? <laughs> but then I was like, <laughs> well, it makes sense. You should also like never have teenagers like saving the world because that's just a very the world is a very bad place if that's like who you're counting on a clear design through. flaw yeah it's a very big design flaw so therefore like i don't think it's his fault that i don't think any any of it is his fault um Fair so enough.
0: yeah he is sort of a figure <laughs> of pity i never found it in my yeah. heart to hate shinji but also you know i i I never really loved him either. He's kind of a wiener. He's. I, don't yeah, I mean, he I don't his, think oh, he's, he's there. Legal, he, right.
1: No, he's not there to love. But I think yeah. he's there to emphasize empathize. I can't speak empathize with.
0: Yeah, no, he's a vehicle. Yeah, I could definitely do. So the reason I ask all of that and why I bring up all the Evangelion stuff is to return to Snowball Earth, right? So, tsujitsugu Sensei has this main character who's clearly inspired by Shinji. He's following the Shinji uh, down trajectory. to the haircut. Even down to the haircut, even some of the facial expressions. (laughs) Yeah, the haircut, yeah. But, so two things, right? So, Tsujitsugu-sensei is young enough that I think he might have been like a baby when Evangelion came out slash... 1994. So he's 29 years old. Okay, so he was like a year old when Evangelion first started. So, he clearly must have come to Evangelion kind of later in life, which, first Mm. of all, that's kind of interesting, Right. But then also he he takes the Shinji archetype and he makes this character in Tetsuo who's like clearly supposed to be a comedic figure, I think. But that's what I'm trying to figure out. Right. Like with Shinji, you get all of this kind of pathos and he's very easy to empathize with and like you put yourself into his shoes. Tetsuo is the opposite. Like he's Mm -hmm. so super awkward to the point of almost being hard to believe as a character. But then for that reason, I found him to be really kind of amusing and likable and funny and silly. But what did you all think of Tetsuo? Alex, you should go first. You
1: sh- but you're shaking your head, Mark. So I want to know what, what, why. That's why are you shaking your head? Look,
2: Snowball Earth is not Evangelion. It is so yeah, much stop. goofier. Yeah. Like Evangelion, it, it takes itself so seriously. Like when you are you are watching it to find out the secrets of life. Snowball Earth. I mean, it's got a few secrets in there, but it's a ride. It's a journey. It's entertainment. And I
1: think the real secret is the Snowball Earth.
0: Like yeah, right. right? Yeah. <laughs> itself. Right.
2: Yes. Yeah. No. There's no snowballs in Evangelion yeah you lost Tokyo but you got Hakone it's
0: great go to the onsen after (laughs) work (laughs) I do sort of wonder whether there will be more Evangelion influences later on already in volume 2 I'm guessing that there will be definitely (laughs) just um, I'm just I feel like this person
1: really loves Hideaki Ano just because like I can see so much of like everything he's worked on in there's this, definitely some like, Shin Gojira in It's just one volume. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Well, I see uh-huh. the Shin Godzilla, and then I see the Karekano, yeah. and I see the Evangelion. It's already three media properties that he's worked on in only one volume. just a couple of So, like, it's just, like, seems like so many shout-outs. Um, but what I think about Tetsuo is he's a very shonen hero, actually, mm. uh, which is very different from Shinji in my mm-hmm. view. Mm-hmm. Um, because he, even though he doesn't have any tools... At his disposal, he has the pure shonen desire to help
0: and to kill the
1: kaiju. Mm -hmm. I guess we're just gonna call them kaiju. (laughs) Yeah, and to make friends. So it's just very like shonen jump hero, which is interesting to me because like I don't expect that. But yeah, and then he's also, but he's also got anxiety. So I guess that makes him a bit Shinji esque.
0: So that's that why he found, doesn't know
1: how to like. Yeah, that's yeah, why connect it's with people. Yeah.
0: So it's interesting, right? He's a very typical Shonen protagonist. But did you find him more or less relatable than Shinji for that reason? Like, it seems like he should be more of a cartoon character.
1: Yeah, he's more therefore... cartoony because yeah, of no, that. Yeah,
0: he's not, he's <laughs> not which relatable. I thought should make him harder to relate to, but for me, it made him much more like personable and like I really just like hanging out with Tetsuo. So, we should say, Alex, you mentioned that he has no tools at his disposal, but he does have one tool. And that's a self help book mm-hmm. that is, you know, what is it called? It's like how to make friends yeah. in 777 7 steps. steps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I found, I don't know, for some reason that joke really worked on me. Step one is literally meet a person or right, meet right. people, right? I mean,
1: that is how it needs to happen. Although I feel like there is a step zero because it's like, how do you create. The situation to meet a person oh, you should write a book um, about
2: this and you would probably yeah, help I mean, Tetsu a lot
1: I like, i've been in uh, friendless situations of like moving to a new country and living in the middle of nowhere and yeah sure i would love to meet someone where mm. like that was when i was in gunma i was like where where am i gonna find these people yeah so and you just first like... got to <laughs> gunma
0: did you just start wandering around and then come across a friendly looking old man but then when you accidentally touched him, his head fell off because he was so insolent.
1: <laughs> I'm we can't glad that did not village. happen. I'm glad <laughs> it did not happen. But usually when I'm walking around, would have been an awkward conversation, down and the And a friendly station. old man approaches me, it's it's usually not a good thing. Especially when I was living in Gunma. I lived near Ota, Uh-oh. which is a place with a, a very with the biggest pink district outside of Tokyo in Kanto. Really? And um, some old man approached me and said, How much? Oh no. So that was the kind of day I was that's not the one you were Oh wow.
2: That yeah. even like a, a, you should not nanoru there. You should yeah. just get
0: out. Nigedasu <laughs> yeah. to the point. Step three, Nigedasu not Kikidasu.
1: Yeah.
0: Crazy. I I but did I, not know <laughs> that about Ota. That's good to know.
1: So uh, well, okay, well, good to know for a
0: while. I, I wanted to ask like what are some of your favorite moments or what are some of your favorite pages or panels in the story? So I, w- I found that delightful when Tetsuo you know arrives on this snowy planet he's like where am i going to meet people i just want to make friends by the way side note i found it delightful that he literally crash lands on a planet understanding that it's been 10 years since he's been on this planet cuz he spent oh, so much time years, yeah. <laughs> away from earth and still the first thing on his mind is i got to make some friends <laughs> it's yep. just he's so well committed. he made a
2: promise he made a promise yeah. to
0: yukio and that was his only friend i think yeah i no. mean,
1: Oh, he, knows talk he, about Yukio, he knows actually. it was 10 years, but I mean, when you're asleep and you wake up, it mm-hmm. doesn't like feel like 10 man. years, yeah. right? Yeah, it's and like
0: a second. Amen to that. Absolutely. I've had some good sleeps that I, I wish were a lot sleeping. longer. Um, we should talk about Yukio, though. We spent a lot of time talking about Tetsuo. So the other kind of main character in this story, I guess, is mm-hmm. Tetsuo's big giant robot named Yukio, right? Um, what did you think of Yukio, Alex?
1: Um. I thought he seemed like a supportive robot um, <laughs> to have in Tetsu's life. <laughs> like, that's a very, I don't know, it's very, like, you know, AI is usually, like, one note. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Yukio had a lot of de- depth, which is, like, very sophisticated <laughs> for a robot. So, And also, it seems like he grew up, which like, also is, like, more how mature. Yeah cuz like he gets um i guess a new body. Yeah, well, um, if you know since the from snowball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To oh, like true. snowman, right? Yep. He
2: yep. does. So it's so like he grows mention up that, uh, with Tetsuo and then snowflake Tetsuo's... at the end.
1: Oh, yeah, snowflake. Yep. So for some reason
0: that I I don't think is ever really fully explained. Uh Tetsuo's father is this like preeminent engineer uh robotic mm-hmm. scientist. Name is Geno. He developed this kind of defense robot that just looks like kind of a big onigiri. Like it's—it's it's it's like just very like, cute. It is cute. It's, it's just like a, a big white circle thing, and he's named uh, Snowball. Um, and yeah, so that that's like Yukio's original form. W- what did you think of Yukio, Mark?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, it was original form. And then when you're introduced in that flashback series, uh, you see that the first thing that this robot is doing is he's self-aware and he's, well, he was designed to make his way into enemy territory and blow up the, blow himself up and blow up the space monsters, right? So, like, mm-hmm. no one has to die. He's like a drone, basically. And then right. the first thing that this robot is doing is, like, hey, I don't want to die. Uh, you should, you know, you got to protect the rights of robots and whatnot. And that's how they become friends, Tetsuo and Yukio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when the first, whatever, space monster comes into town, and they're like, oh, we should, they send this robot to go blow him up or whatnot, uh, Tetsuo hops into the robot, and you have to remember this: this dad who made this robot, this is his son, and so he's not and gonna he's make like it blow he's like seven
1: or nine. He was nine something. years old,
2: nine years yeah. old. Yeah, uh, so we, yeah, you're not gonna blow up your robot if your kids inside. I'm not gonna do that. Uh, That's a fair point. Yeah, and neither did this guy, even though he's <laughs> kind of awkward. Really? but I think y- Yukio felt a debt to Tetsuo there. And mm. then they, from there, it's, I don't know, it's like a Han Solo Chewbacca-type thing? As it was not really a <laughs> Yeah, it
0: is a little bit. <laughs> but it goes from there. So I think that's one clear distinction between this and Evangelion, obviously. Uh, we, we never get too much insight into the Evangelion's psyche. Like, we know they're alive, kind mm-hmm. of, but they never really become characters. They're just, like, weapons. You they're know. plot <laughs> devices, yeah. right? But Yukio is... I don't know, reminded me of the Iron Giant. Have either of you seen mm-hmm. the Iron yeah,
1: Giant? Yeah, yeah. The, the design also looks like the Iron Giant. So totally. I was wondering so he, if that was inspired.
0: He's got a little bit of, like, an Iron Man, Iron Giant. Um, he's just, like, really physically imposing. Like, he, he looks like he should be this big, scary death robot. But he's so, like, gentle and friendly and, mm-hmm. and like you yeah. said, supportive. He's just such a nice... Um, yeah, he's,
1: like... He's like a robot that you would want to have a therapy session with. Yeah, totally. <laughs> No, he's, got,
2: he's all got all the social skills that Tetsu doesn't have.
0: Yeah. It is sort of adorable when Tetsu is looking at his book, his 70, 777 steps for making friends, and he's really, like, studying it seriously. And he's like, I've got to remember all of these. And just repeatedly throughout the book, Yukio's like, are you reading another self-help book? You've got to <laughs> stop. Those things are junk, man. Just Just get out there and live for yourself. And how cute is it that it's a robot teaching uh, yeah. a human how uh, yeah. to yeah. make friends? You know what? You know? He
1: needs to write a self-help book. At ah, Yukio just for yeah. Tetsuo. Just yeah. for Tetsuo. And I mean, in
0: a way, he did. Oh. oh. <laughs>
1: Good so,
0: point. one of my favorite scenes, actually, is um, early on in... I, the, sort of towards the end of the first uh, chapter, when all of these gross, weird... Shin Godzilla monster things are all swarming around Yukio and he just gets exploded at some point and there's this amazing two-page spread Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say Yeah, that was really amazing Yeah. But then in the lower left you see his hand and it's in a thumbs up
1: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it
0: was cute It's the ultimate, like you're gonna be okay, buddy. Just go <laughs> on without me. Him him saying the tetsuo, and uh, yeah, I really like it because it
1: looks like painted with a uh, black sumi paint, it like does, it looks yeah. like it's brushwork. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like so expressive. Um, totally. but then it doesn't come back, like, there's no other panels like that, so
0: it's just it makes it special. And there's another example of that, too. There's a, there's one kind of panel on the top of one page where it shows. Tetsuo and like his friends from kindergarten, I guess.
2: Oh yeah, yeah it's actually I'm...
0: the page before that big spread we were just talking about, and that yep. too, to me, looks like a completely different art style, and it only shows up for this one panel.
1: It's very no. surreal.
0: It's, it's weird. This isn't it? this, this
1: yeah. was
2: that this was Evangelion episode twenty four to me.
1: Yeah, that was an ev- that was I thought it was very Evangelion like <laughs> totally. that panel, but because no, I'm like, why are all the kids in little kegger me?
0: Yeah. ooh yeah, they're all it's wearing awkward. little bunny outfits and uh, yeah. their, their eyes are like, I don't know, like sparkly, sparkly. doll the eyes. They're sparkly
1: it's... shoujo eyes. Well, are eyes,
0: yeah. They're they friends. They're totally shojo eyes. And then you've got peace. Yuki on the back. Yeah, yeah it's Yuki on the back. I'm really impressed, again, I, I sort of mentioned this already, but with his ability to just kind of play with different styles and just kind of mash it all together. And I really do think that's something you only get from someone who's just starting their career, right? Because it's just mm. like, Let's throw it all at the wall, see what works. I'm personally really excited to see what kind of career Tsujitsugu will have because whatever happens with this series, clearly mm-hmm. it's, it's got really good word of mouth. The reviews online are awesome. It's starting to pick up in terms of sales, like it's starting to get reprinted. I think this series could get big. Clearly Big Comic Spirits is putting a big push behind it, but whatever happens with this series... I'll be interested to see what he does next as well. I'm just a big fan of his style because mm. he's he's really putting it all out there. I feel like mm. I get a lot of his personality through not only the art, but just the way this weird story is told. So those are some of my favorite parts. You know, the Yukio being blown up, the old frozen man kind of falling apart at the merest touch. Were there any other parts... Maybe from later in the story, or at any point during the story, like panels or pages that really stood out to you, Mark, that you thought were really cool.
2: Yeah, there, there is one right here. Uh, it's the one where right after he's he's stolen the the front end shovel loader, and then he's uh, cruising down, and he finds that hole, and then all of a sudden. A giant space monster, and this is your first encounter with the space monster on, on mm-hmm. the snowball Earth, because you don't really know why everything mm-hmm. is frozen over. And then it's just like, oh, well, I guess they didn't win after all, because until that point, you're like, well, maybe they killed them all, and the Earth just like blew up because of the fallout or whatnot. Like, who knows what happened? But this is when you know that, oh, maybe things didn't go
0: as well as they had. That's had. true, right? Because we we see like kind of almost like a. De-evolved forms of those monsters, but they're literally in space and they're like <laughs> flying through the cosmos. I have a theory about that, but I will save it for the for the. We'll, end we'll of get the to show. that later. Uh, Alex, were, were there any parts or like pages that you thought were really cool?
1: Um, I mean, I was going to mention the one where <laughs> he blows himself up uh, yeah. with the thumbs up. I did like that one too, and also before that one, when the monsters are eating away at his body, mm. um, mm-hmm. it was really well well drawn <laughs> I don't know I really <laughs> like it um and then also I was gonna mention about the old man too cracking um yes. but I kind of wanted more of that cause I I like that kind of like abandoned world mm. like things like falling apart um and I wanted more like isolation um yeah so I don't know I wish that he had been like I wish he hadn't encountered humans so readily
0: that's um, Yeah, I think that's a really fair criticism. I was also hoping for, like, a little bit more of a survival story mm-hmm, or, like, a, mm-hmm. you know, we know he's a very socially stunted person. He's awkward around people. So that's the perfect kind of character to thrust into a situation where there's no other people around. Yeah, yeah I wanted,
1: uh, what was it called, like, you know, the volleyball... Uh, being your best a friend, Wilson.
0: Type. You wanted a <laughs> yeah Wilson. Yeah,
1: I wanted a Wilson. <laughs> I wanted a, <laughs> I wanted, a, I wanted, a, I wanted Yukio Hanks to come snowball? back as like a as like a ball or something.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: actually, me too. I was hoping for a bit more of that. And there's literally like three or four pages where Tetsuo is alone, and then the entire rest of the book he's surrounded by people, mm-hmm. and then that continues throughout the series. He's just always like with a crew, and then you find out about the bad people over here, and it's. Yeah. Oh, like, there's bad people. Mm.
2: Oh, yeah. Oops. yeah. Oh. Whoops, you said too much. It's
0: okay when they make well, this into an anime version. Yeah. This,
2: that, that, can't that three pages manga. will be like three episodes of filler, so it's all good. Because
1: humans are always the, the worst monster in these series. <laughs> where and there are the most monsters. dangerous game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Speaking of the monsters, what did you think of the monster designs? Because they're very uh, striking, I guess you could say. They're real weird looking. Alex what what did you think of the the I mean I
1: I messaged you guys with the Shin Godzilla um (laughs) second form uh, because I just felt like he saw the movie and was like I want more of this (laughs) and then put them in space
0: I have to Um, say when when you sent that to us my original reaction was cool they made plushies of snowball earth monsters (laughs) Uh, and and then I had to do a double take and realize what it actually was did you guys
1: not see the movie
0: Oh, not. no, I did, but I, I oh, saw it, like, when it was new, so I kind of oh, I saw of it forgot. when it was new,
1: too, yeah. but that that monster, like, that um, Godzilla changing through all the different forms, Yeah. I don't know, it was, like, it affected me, <laughs> so, Clearly. like, I have not been able to, like, forget Sleep at night. any of the forms of Godzilla from that movie, I don't know but why. The, the buggy, the, the way the, the big, eyes.
0: giant buggy eyes are really unsettling to me, so. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, so, like, that... I never forgot the buggy eyed Godzilla. Um, and then when they came up in this, even though yeah. they're not Godzilla specifically, but maybe they visited Godzilla on the way because oh. they have the ability to evolve apparently. Clearly. Um, so maybe there was a Godzilla planet that they stopped by and they got like the buggy formation and then they came now and they're coming to the human world. Mark, get you, you're of
0: making some wild legs. gestures <laughs> over there. What do, what do you think of the monsters? You both are way off. Uh,
2: it's very clear at the end that the alien that's sitting uh, right in front of Tokyo Tower is touched down in Tokyo mm-hmm. uh, and is just kind of like enjoying a cool moment on the snow before he hits the slopes is <laughs> the master of this alien race and it's it's pretty much like the Zerg in StarCraft where there is a whole hierarchy of monsters. And the first ones oh. that were introduced to at the beginning, like these these space slugs, they are the lowest of the low, right? Oh. So these yeah they, 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 What they're they're sent to do, they're they're like the the underlings, the foot soldiers. They're sent to search and destroy, find places that they can turn into these beautiful snow resorts for their masters. And (laughs) they found the earth uh, in this particular snowball earth, hence the name of the manga. And they send those in and they blow up the... They've only got two spaceships, by the way. So, I mean, good on earth for coming up with space technology but still Mm -hmm. it's not going to be enough to to win the day Mm -hmm. against these monsters and then you have to you have to notice that the monsters that are on earth after that are different than the ones who are floating around in space not only is there the little guy who's got hands now and he's not so much like a plushie but the one that Mm. comes after that with the the the, the weird neck thing you know this guy he's got a lot more hp than these other monsters that we've seen (laughs) to date. and then finally at the end like the cliffhanger is that these are the real bad guys and these are the ones that you're going to have to spend a lot of, lot more time... I don't know if you can just like beat them
0: with a knife or, or a front-end shovel loader. I do mm-hmm. feel like there might be some kind of psychic warfare happening, right? Uh, no, but it does... It, it plays into what you said about humans being the most dangerous, actually. Because, yeah, the monsters start out looking very monstrous and weird and inhuman and creepy... And then each consecutive monster that we encounter looks more and more human-like, until that final guy that you mentioned basically just looks like a human with a creepy face, right? Mm-hmm. L- but mm-hmm. otherwise, just a person, basically. I also deeply curious to find out whether uh, Tsuchitsugu was influenced by the Drake album cover. Are either of you familiar with this? So no, Drake tell us has more. this. One of his albums, I, I can't remember which one it is, uh, I think it's called The View from Here or something. I'm not a oh. big Drake fan, but uh-huh. there's one album cover where he's sitting on the CN Tower, oh. uh, and it's basically the exact same pose as this mm. this monster guy like on a, the last page. Like a
1: playful, page. semi-pin-up
0: pose. Yeah, just kind of like <laughs> hanging out. It is a little bit flirtatious, isn't it? Yeah, it, 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 is, it is flirtatious. It's a little, flirty. he's got a little <laughs> music note thing. It's like he's clearly
2: just, like, come into his own, right? He is going to love yeah. this new planet. He feels like he's on vacation.
0: Yeah. So here's conspiracy theory for both of you. Uh, okay. So okay, throughout the throughout this first volume, we repeatedly encounter uh, Tetsu I almost said Shinji. Uh, Tetsuo's father, right? But each time we see him, his eyes are very clearly Yeah, obscure. I thought that was a
1: very Gendo thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> super Gendo. Yeah.
0: Super, like... Uh, evil anime dad thing like mm. we we remember most of him but we don't remember his face and then you can't he, look him in the eyes we just kind of like stop hearing about him after a while and then boom flash forward to the end of the book there's this extremely human looking kind of happy-go-lucky monster weirdo on top of Tokyo Tower You know what I'm saying? I see a look. Do you think that his
2: father made the ice monsters in order to get more funding for his robot projects? (laughs) Was he? But I thought he wanted
1: to get money as an end result. I thought that was his thing.
2: Well, I think he always wanted money. I mean, that's how he got into the robotics industry. I'm just wondering. But if you
1: turn the world into a snowball, you don't get money.
2: Not
0: part of the plan?
2: Is, is it like the,
0: the first impact? <laughs> so the, the kind of final piece of the puzzle that we haven't really discussed is like, in addition to these weirdo monsters, there's also these mysterious orbs that sort of appear whenever the more human-looking ones show up. Especially oh, I thought those
2: were end. celestial air conditioners, and that was what making everything really
0: cold. That's how you get a snowball Earth. As if you read the Wikipedia article, that's step mm -hmm. one.
2: Clearly, clearly, the monsters, the slug monsters that are in space, are not the same monsters as this guy at the end because space Mm -hmm. is really, really cold. It's like minus two seventy, and like really almost absolute zero. And those space monsters have no problem with just flying around, biting stuff. They They seem to love it. They love it. They do. But then this guy at the end, if uh, uh, Volume One, so Tetsuo, he's. Yes, everything is frozen over and there's snow everywhere, but he finds this this front end shovel car and he turns he, he cranks it up and it runs, which means it's not colder than minus thirty. And then mm-hmm. the so it's it's not like the same space type conditions. And then the mm-hmm. guy right. at the end who's having a really good time must love it. I'd say it's about minus fifteen, minus twenty tops. I love Two how specific angles. you're getting. Wow. Well, yeah, I, you're getting very specific. As a I've <laughs> thought about this say, a lot.
0: Minus 15's not even that cold. No,
2: it's actually. not. Your face yeah. doesn't hurt. And you yeah. see Tetsu is walking around, doesn't have any face protection. Mm-hmm.
0: It's not that cold. And there's a chance for Earth there too. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I, I, I'm surprised you got into the real like geothermal elements Yeah, here.
1: You're very uh, into the actual temperature. I wasn't thinking about the actual temperature. <laughs> I was just
0: like, okay, cold. Got it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Alex, what do you think? What's going on in terms of, like, who is this weirdo at the end? And what is the relationship between that final weirdo sitting on Tokyo Tower and the slug monsters and the freezing of the earth? Do you have any ideas?
1: Because I was thinking so much about Godzilla, I was thinking that that's the final form. Um, Ah. Because, like, you know in Shin Godzilla, at the end, you Mm -hmm. see the tail of Godzilla, and then Mm -hmm. you see there's, like, humans... Totally, yeah. That the, was my favorite tail. part of the movie. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that's it. Like, that's the final form is,
0: is becoming like us. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that was my first inclination as well. Something mm-hmm. like that, right? Like, the monsters mm-hmm. are leveling up to that human form. But now that I'm talking to you both about it, I'm actually wondering if it's it, somehow the other way around. Like, maybe if it was Tetsuo's father, let's just say, right? He's mm-hmm. remained on Earth the whole time Tetsuo's been gone. So maybe some crazy shit happened here on Earth, turned him into a weird thing, creature, mm. that somehow got him to communicate with the space monsters and then bring them to Earth. And then somehow also uh, snowball Earth. I, I don't really know how that plays <laughs> okay. into it. Okay, no, okay, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I There's some kind of hybridization happening here between whatever that final human-looking guy is and the monsters... But then also the freezing. So we, what we if end it's this.
1: Lonely Iwaki.
0: Lonely Iwaki, oh, we should say. the is guy, yeah, the, <laughs> the author of the book, the self help book. Oh, I He's like the
2: that. last boss. And then
0: maybe. And he didn't even
2: really like people, and that's why he made <laughs> yeah. so
0: many rules in order to make friends so no one mm-hmm. would ever make friends. And we know that Tetsuo isn't the kind of character who's going to skip ahead to read the end of the self-help book. So maybe, no. like item number seven hundred and seventy-seven, really is like <laughs> finally to make all the friends freeze Earth so that all of yeah. your friends can't <laughs> become escape.
1: one with everyone. Keep yeah, the you know, it's mean? perfect. Yeah. I
0: love it. We've come up with so many interesting theories about what could happen in this series, but I really got to say, like it it worked for me i i was totally along for the ride like you said mark it's a big stupid shonen action roller coaster with just like so many disparate elements but then it ends on this crazy mystery cliffhanger and i personally can't wait to see how it all plays out and how these things are all interconnected and um yeah so far super into it final thoughts from either of you and also who would you recommend reads this book mark well, I think we haven't even mentioned the Ice
2: Princess and her tribe of people.
0: Uh, God, yeah, that's so
2: true. There's the lead singer from the Norwegian band Aurora makes a debut in this, <laughs> uh, in this volume, and she's got like her underlings. Whatever. It's it's. It feels like there's a quasi military thing going on. It's kind of like The Last of Us uh, without yep. quarantine zones, uh, but it's just you know they're living underground in the caves. I was looking forward to finding more about that society and if Tetzel is going to join with them and help he them. You will. Well, shit, there it goes. (laughs) Yeah, Stick with it. So, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to learning more about that in Volume 2 and beyond. Uh, But, yeah, no, the story, the world that he sets up is, you know, it's very believable. And I think if you are... (sighs) If you're fans of Mecca, sure absolutely you're gonna like this. But I think it's even more than that. It's it's fantasy in general. I, yeah. Like the post, it's got the post apocalyptic genre down. But I think that if you are like a super serious sci-fi person and you don't like humor in your stories, you are not going to enjoy this. Oh no, you're not Humor this. is absolutely fundamental to every there's always a slapstick. Uh, so, so that is my one caveat. And with that, I rated it six snowflakes for art and plot twists. Very nice.
1: Alex? I don't have, like, a snowflake rating. Um, I was just going to say, like, if if you like sci-fi that is like anything that Hideaki Anno does, or, like, um, I don't know, it had a similar vibe to, like, Gridman. Mm. You know Gridman? Mm-hmm. What is it? S-S-S. Do you even say those S's? I don't know. I don't know about but that. Anyway. I don't know how to <laughs>
0: it's pronounce It's, like, it. kind
1: of like a you know like teens and robots um mm-hmm. if you like that kind of thing then uh this is up your alley very much so Amazing. in that it's like i think it will definitely i don't know if it continues in the same way uh i think it's probably going to get an anime and then you're going to feel compelled to watch it anyway so i, would I think it will get the yeah. anime bomb. yeah <laughs> yeah no i think this could work as happen.
0: an anime it's, it's not always that I read a manga and think, oh, I'd love to see an anime adaptation of this, because I, I don't usually care, but reading this one I absolutely felt like, yeah, give me an anime of this. I would watch it, 100%. No, it's got the expensive world. Yeah, it works. I, I'm i going to give Snowball Earth a final rating of 772 out of 777 possible steps to make friends on a frozen planet. Okay. Um, that's going to do it for this episode of MangaRuse. As always... Uh, get in touch with us you can email us at mongaroospodcast at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you Uh, also give us a rating on your favorite podcatcher Uh, especially you know a five-star rating would be great Mm. Uh, but any kind of ratings and reviews uh, help us and you know let it be easier for people to find the podcast so the more the merrier tell your friends um, tell Tell your your mother's yeah. yeah,
1: tell your. Mom. <laughs> I don't just know if your mothers are interested in manga. Tell
0: your, your mothers. mothers oh, you this
1: have... uh, Snowball Earth. Yeah, it's not in English, but I imagine in the future it could get. It
2: English. could well be. Yes.
0: Yeah. So. Just put it on your mom's radar if you haven't already, and um, you know, any any, any moms happen. that you may encounter, and and I and think dads, from moms, dads, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's not. And present. from all of us here at, at Mangrues, call your mom. Call your dad. Just say hi. How are they doing? You know, check in on them every once in a while. Make sure it's um, not too cold where they are. Yeah, exactly.
1: Unless they um, put you in a robot at a young age. And, and then in which can... case,
2: you should probably do family counseling. I mean, you don't want to work that through
0: by yourself. That's, you are not the issue. It's not your fault, Jason. Great note to end on. It's not my fault, Jason. <laughs>
2: it's not All your right. fault. But no, I, there's one thing I have to plug, so... <laughs> This is a regular series that we're putting out weekly, and the next volume will introduce a new series. We have just finished our snow cycle, and we are on to a new cycle for manga, and it is historical figures. Not historical, historical figures. Not historic mm-hmm. figures, historical figures, so we can be anyone. And I am going to talk about one of my absolute favorite historic figures, and that is Boy Kongming, or in Japanese, Paripi uh, Kome, who is the legendary strategist uh, from Sangha which is probably like what is it the three kingdoms three kingdoms yeah does, does that Romance even exist in English kingdoms. it's yes. it's super big in Japan uh, and China all of yes all of Asia <laughs> uh, obviously <laughs> yeah. one of the greatest things that China's ever done but the master uh, strategist uh, behind uh, newbies uh, his, his country comes back what uh, was is reincarnated into modern day Shibuya so tune
0: in next time to find out more about that great pick looking forward to that so once again if you're reading along with us at home next week's pick is putty Pee home we'll see you back here in about a week's time take care everybody bye for now peace